You're listening to Art and Magic, and I'm your host, Devin Walls. Oh, hi. Welcome back to the show. Today is today is a topic. This is a massive topic that I'm going to attempt to cover, and that is writing about your work. Now, you guys know me. I want to give you as much helpful information as I can. I want to cover as much as I can. But to truly do this topic justice, I would have to teach like a six-week workshop minimum. And maybe one day I will do that, but that day is not today. So instead, I am going to cover as much as I can in this episode. And I've also created a free episode guide to go along with this. So if you go to devinwalls.com backslash resources, there's a PDF guide there that just has like the extra prompts and information. So you can really work through this episode almost as if you were taking a workshop. If I were you, what I would probably do is just listen through this all the way through, you know, however you're doing it now, maybe you're driving or you're at the gym or studio or lying on your back in your bedroom on the floor zoning out and contemplating life, which is sometimes how I listen to podcasts. And then I would come back with the episode guide and kind of get down to business and start really working through crafting. Um, I want to say your statement, but we're going to talk about, you know, all different kinds of art writing. So whatever kind of writing you would like to do for your work. In addition to that, I'm also going to cover a couple pieces of advice that I don't have time to touch on in this episode over on Patreon in the form of a bonus episode. I used to put out bonus episodes regularly over on Patreon, then it got to be a little bit much. So now when you sign up for $5 a month, you just get access to those past bonus episodes. But I'm going to start sprinkling them in again once in a while, particularly for topics like this, where we just little need a little bit more time to talk about it. I asked you guys over on Instagram, you know, what specifically was difficult for you about writing about your work. And you guys wrote in some really good points, like everything from not being a natural writer to feeling like you're bullshitting to not knowing when to stop. Um, And I am going to touch on a couple of those things in this episode, but I'm going to thoroughly dive into all of them in that bonus episode on Patreon, which is up right now. So the link to that is also in the show notes couple little happenings behind the scenes, updates as per usual. I don't know if you guys have been following my journey with getting new art prints made over on Instagram, but here's a little little happening for you. I was in a show uh, at the beginning of the summer, and I'm really proud of some of those newer pieces that were in the show. And I was so excited to get prints made of these pieces. I think I've had some of the most requests I've ever had for prints of one in particular. Um, For those of you familiar with my work, it's the the bathroom painting. (laughs) And I went through the biggest nightmare ever with my print shop that I've used for years, who's always done an amazing job. And all of a sudden, the colors were coming out horribly wrong. And I had invested all this money and I wanted to get them out to you. And I had a week of panic where I had to take back my uh, release date announcement. And I spent a full weekend on Reddit trying to solve my problem. And this amazing print shop in 
organ called Pretty Good Printing. I'm actually just going to also link them in the show notes um, spontaneously because you should check them out, whether you're local or not, and you need to get prints made. Anyway, they came to my rescue and offered to like print some samples and just see if they would have the same issues on their end. And the prints came out beautifully. Like, oh my God, I cried when I saw them, especially having gone through what I went through. This is a long way of saying one day I'm going to do an episode about what you should know when you go get art prints made and just like things you can learn from my own mistakes and my experience. And also those prints are coming out next week. I think they're going to drop on Thursday to the Patreon and Friday to everybody else. Um, So just a little heads up, there might be like a shift in days there. I haven't made the official announcement, but the best way to stay in the loop about that is to get on my newsletter. We all know on Instagram, it's going to be a hit or miss. So if you are somebody who wanted one of those prints, they're going to be embellished. They're going to be limited edition. And if you want to make sure that you get one, please get on my newsletter so that I don't get DMs of upsetness (laughs) later down the line. Uh, So the link to that is also in the show notes. Okay. I think you've got all the links. If you don't, surprise, they're in the show notes. Um, I've also linked, actually, no, you don't, a couple more things. The couple books I'll be referencing that I highly recommend you check out in relationship to writing about your art, also in the show notes. Okay, without further ado, let's get into how to write about your artwork. Okay, let's, let's ease into this with some basic stuff. When we talk about art writing, what are we talking about? What kind of writing is this and where does it go? Well, I think the main one that we all dread writing with a massive passion is the artist statement. And the artist statement is to help uh, collectors or viewers or curators, whoever is interested in your work, understand your work more. Like that's the basic idea of it. Typically, an artist statement is about an artist's overall body of work. And this is where I think some people get a little confused, but it's about your practice as a whole. Now, I know that's really hard because a lot of us have made a lot of different kinds of work over the like course of the many years that you've been making. But typically, an artist statement will reference, like, yes, what you're currently doing, but also maybe what you've done for the past couple of years, assuming it's all related in some capacity. So you're going to have to be the judge of that, like based on your own path. You know, if you're begin if you're in the beginning, maybe the artist statement is only going to reference what you just made, but if you've been making work for a long time and you've even if your style has shifted a bit, you're kind of working at least in a vaguely similar realm, that artist statement is going to broadly talk about and include probably work at least from the past couple years. Now, the series statement, which is like another type of artist statement, talks specifically about a body of work. So this is going to be more specific to exactly what you were doing in that body of work. There can also be statements just for like single paintings or single pieces. Um, This is something you're likely going to use like in a show or to talk about with your audience, like after you release a new piece or a body of work. Um, But I do think that that's an important distinction to make. So potentially the artist statement that lives like on your about page on your website is going to talk about your art practice and your work as a whole. And maybe when you release certain pieces or you're in a show with a certain series or whatever, that statement might specifically talk about that series. Okay. Another thing I want to mention 
just to name it, but we're not going to talk like about how to write it in this episode is the bio. And I'm only bringing that up to uh, give you in contrast with the artist statement is not. Bio should be kind of self-explanatory is where we learn about you, who you are. What is your background? Are you self-taught? Did you go to school? Do you live on a ranch with your husband and five children? But also be the place that like some people like to mention slash humble brag about their prizes and awards and publications and things like that. But the key difference here is that the bio is about you as an artist and what's relevant to like what makes you an artist. The artist statement is about the work. Like, okay, this is where it gets nuanced because there might be a little bit of crossover and we're going to talk about like when who you are would be relevant to include in a statement as it pertains to what you're making. But in general, I think that's a good separation to have in mind. Like the bio is, hi, I went to school here. I've been making art this long. Here's where I live and practice. Here's where I've shown. Here's people who also think I'm cool and people that I've worked with. And the artist statement is, here's what I'm doing in my work. So another kind of art writing, which doesn't really have an official name, unlike those last two, is just generally writing and sharing about your work on Instagram, on your newsletter, website, in real life. Uh, This is just more of an informal way of writing and sharing about your work, but I actually think it might be the most important. This obviously has a lot of similarities to the artist statement in the series statement, but it's just a little less formal. You know, artist statements have different levels of fanciness or like what they need to be based on what you're using them for. So if you're using your artist statement to apply to a show or residency or a grant, there might be certain parameters that are appropriate for that. Um, However, like the content in your artist statement should still inform the way you talk about your work or vice versa. Um, It's just that when you talk to your potential collectors, I think that there's even more of an opportunity to be relatable and make what you're saying understandable. You should do that in your artist statement as well. We're going we're gonna to talk about this a little bit. Um, your artist statement should still be in relatable language. I don't think that overwhelming it with art speak is necessarily to your advantage. Um, but like I said, there's, there's usually like certain parameters for an artist statement that you may have to adhere to. Actually, last little disclaimer here about the artist statement. There are many different forms an artist statement can take. Like I've seen people write a poem. I've seen people tell a story. I've seen people just like present field notes. There's very like artsy ways of doing an artist statement. And that is 100% permissible and up to the artist. And I encourage you to go read a lot of artist statements to see examples of that if that's something you're interested in. But that's not what I'm going to cover here today because I think whether you choose to go that route or not, still having the kind of understanding I'm going to present here is important. And I'm guessing for most of you, it's the kind of thing you're going to use to write about your work anyway. So just had to say that. Okay, so much of that was just to say that I'm going to be talking about artist statements and just general writing about your work kind of in the same breath in this episode. So aside from getting into a show or maybe enticing collectors to take a deeper look at your work slash maybe buy your work, there are some other advantages to writing about your work. And for me, the main one is just as a practice for what I'm making. 
I think a lot of us make our work without doing a whole lot of cognitive thinking or intellectualizing because art is not usually a verbal thing, at least in a visual art context. It's almost like a whole other part of our brain, right? And I'm guessing that if you're in the beginning of your practice and particularly if you're self-taught, you've just been making things that you like and feel good. And so then when it comes time to put words to all of that, it feels like this huge clashing. You know, you'll hear from a lot of artists that when it comes time to write about their work, they just feel like they're bullshitting it because these are not words that they were thinking about until they had to start writing about their work. So they don't even know if it feels true. And I'll just say, like, I really had this experience. You know, I, being self-taught, as you know, went through a period of making and developing my style. And even my style development was pretty intentional, but I I was kind of missing a couple pieces, which, which I'm going to, like, get into more of that later. So then when it came time to write about my work and I was like, okay, I, I want to take myself seriously. I want to feel like I know what I'm doing. I also kind of want to like play with the big boys and it seems like they're writing about their work in all of these really cool ways. So how do I do that? And the thing is, is because I had never done it before, because it had never entered, entered my practice, that first go around or that whole year really of me trying to integrate the writing with the making felt kind of tense and uncomfortable. However, light at the end of the tunnel is that once I got over that hump and I started having the cognitive tools, I guess, to think about my work in the ways that I would also later need to write and talk about it, it really benefited my overall art practice. It allowed me to see maybe where I I was lacking, like in terms of what I was making, so that I could then go fill in those gaps with a little bit more intentionality. And then once I had this baseline understanding and maybe this working artist statement as a starting ground, I was able to build my work from there and it got a lot easier. I really saw how the making of the work and then the understanding and the writing about the work needed to go together, especially for me and especially if you're somebody who wants to cultivate a deeper connection to what you're making and for it to have a little bit more bulk and meaning. So that's all to say, if you feel daunted by this and it feels hard, A, it can get a lot easier once you start integrating it into your practice. And two, artist statements are not just to impress other people. They're also for yourself. So going back to why I think writing about your work is difficult for a lot of artists, particularly if you're more of a beginner, is that we haven't yet cultivated a certain understanding about our work. And in fact, I could have titled this whole episode, How to Understand Your Work, not just How to Write About Your Work, because I think that's really what needs to be done here. And I think you could think about that for the rest of this episode, is that we're on a quest to try and understand what it is we're making, which we all know is this like very crazy, weird, and mysterious process. So of course that's a challenge, but I think that that takes the pressure off a little bit. Like what can you just learn about your own work? What can you learn about what you're even doing? And then like later on, you'll pass it to others in the form of like some sort of writing. Okay. So I'm going to move into just some like general tips and things to think about. And then I'm going to talk more specifically about areas of your work and prompts and all that. 
Tip number one is be honest. Just call it what it is. I think sometimes people think like their work isn't academic enough, fancy enough, meaningful enough. So then they make what they make and then they go to write their statement. And part of the reason it feels like bullshitting, among many other reasons, which I already talked about, but one of them could be that they're trying to, you know, make the work fit in or be seen in a certain light by then putting all these words to it that aren't actually true. And the truth is, is that's actually diluting your own work and and like the power that you have to connect with people. So if you just made something for pure aesthetic joy, say that. If you were influenced by anime characters or something that you perceive to be more lowbrow or whatever, just say that. It's more interesting. Okay, and kind of like a part two to being honest is being honest about the journey of your work. One of the comments I got on Instagram actually was a person saying that, you know, writing about their work is difficult because they aim the work to be one way and then it comes out totally different. So it's like, should they write about their work from the way they intended it to be or the way it came out? And to me, when I hear that, I'm like, that's a perfect story for an artist statement. The fact that you set out to do one thing and it became another should be what you talk about. Like, what did you learn in that process? Um, what did it look like? You know, what are you reflecting on now that that occurred? The truth is, is I don't think we have to act like we know everything about what we're doing, but just present the things that we do know. We know that we set out with a certain intention. We know that X, Y, Z happened in the process. And we know that now we have these other questions as a result. So my next tip is you don't have to say everything about your work and you don't have to know everything about your work. You just have to know and report some things, enough things so that somebody who wants to learn more can learn more about reading what you had to say. Have questions about, you know, how much mystery to leave in the work, how much of the work they wanna leave up to interpretation. And honestly, that's a very uh, personal question for you as an artist. But the truth of the matter is, you're never going to be able to say everything about an artwork because our artwork exists in this magical realm that is way beyond language. So I think that no matter what you say, there's going to be room for interpretation and an experience on the viewer's end. Um, So just say what you know. Say what feels top of mind for you and what you were thinking about when you made the work. So this next tip is kind of a two-parter. One, simple human language. I already kind of said that in the intro, but I'm going to say it again here. I know that we often feel like we have to use all of this art language, but the truth is too much of that is going to gunk up your artist statement and it's going to detract from the connection that you could be making with people. If some of those words or references really are important to the work, absolutely use them. But I don't think that you need to feel like You need to write formally and use all these words that you wouldn't usually use. I think statements are much powerful when they're just simple, honest, and truthful. I know this can be kind of overwhelming when we feel like, you know, we're submitting a statement for something that is more academic or, I don't know, feels a little higher up there or fancier, but I actually think that using simple language demonstrates that you have more understanding about your work, which I think is what people really want to see. Um, Something I don't like to admit often, but I'm going to hear because it's relevant, is that I majored in philosophy in college. 
And one thing that they really emphasize is that the more simple you write your essays and like the more simple that you can talk about these really difficult concepts, it actually demonstrates more understanding. So like the goal in most of my philosophy essays was to make it as simple as possible because anybody who was using this like fancy textbook language, it was almost like they're hiding behind it. And I think that that kind of applies to artist statements as well. That all being said, the tone and the vocabulary that you write your statement in should be personal to you. You know, I think that there's some people who create very poetic, beautiful work, and that's what their work is about. So it makes sense that they might have a little bit more of like a flowery artist statement. For me, my work is kind of like complicated enough. (laughs) Uh, So I tend to try and make things as simple as I possibly can. But obviously there's a whole range in between. But what I would advise is just to let it be true to the way that you actually think and talk. And on that note, I think you can take that a step further and make it like wacky and funny and weird. My friend Marissa, um, Avila Sailor, who's been on this podcast a couple times, her handle is at Speaking in Rainbow. Like her artwork has funny words in it, like fart and butthole and asshole. And so the way that she talks about her work is kind of in this like wacky, fun language as well. She uses a lot of made up words. And I think she talks about using like Spanglish words because that's how she grew up. That's part of her work. And so naturally she's going to include that in her statement. Now, I'm just more saying that to give you guys permission. I think taking your statement to the next level and having the tone of writing mimic your work is actually like a little bit hard, harder and kind of like artist writing 2.0. So I don't think that that's necessary for you to focus on, but more just saying like, if that feels natural to you, I think that's amazing and you should do that. So the last thing I want to say about the tone and the language that you choose to write in is to aim for connection, not exclusion. I think that's a really good rule of thumb. So when you're choosing certain words, are you trying to make it so only people in a very exclusive art community can understand what you're saying? Or are you trying to make it the case that anybody who walks up and is like, wow, this is a beautiful piece of work. I wonder what it's about. Are you trying to help that person understand what you're doing? I know that there's like a variety of thought on this. So this is maybe just my personal opinion here, but you're always going to benefit more from aiming to connect with the latter. My last general piece of advice is to get feedback. It will be very hard to see your work and your writing objectively. I have benefited so much from working with consultants, from being in feedback groups. I have done all of the things and I can honestly say I would not have the understanding about my work and my writing that I have without those things. So please don't feel like you should be able to do this entirely on your own. Penny Lane Shen is a fabulous resource. I've gone to her a couple times. She's been on the podcast. Um, I host one-on-one sessions. There's lots of groups out there where there's like crit groups and feedback and all of that. Seek that out. Or at the very least, you know, if you want something a little more accessible, like get a group together yourself, get a peer group together where you all read each other's statements and give each other feedback. Um, Yeah, I could say a lot more about how you should just be doing that anyway, but that's my advice. Get feedback. Okay, so now we're going to move into specific things that you can and maybe should be covering in your artist statements and the prompts you can work off of. So this would be a good time if you're doing this workshop style to get out that PDF guide. 
One thing I want to say about these different aspects I'm going to talk about and prompts I'm going to present is it's okay if you don't know the answer to all of these. In fact, you probably won't, especially if you're listening to this episode and you're wondering how to write about your work. So I would just take that as information. If you're like, crap, I have no idea what genre I'm creating work in or what genre I would belong in. Let that just be information and fuel for further research. I also want to say that you absolutely do not have to include all of this in your artist statement or in what you say about your work. They're just things that you can include. And my recommendation is that you would include the areas I present here that are most relevant. Okay, last, last thing. I want to make sure I mention the books that I have like pulled from and learned from myself in order to put all of this together. And the first one is called Art Right. I recommend this book in any class that I teach. Um, it's by Vicky Cron Amaros. I really don't know. I shouldn't even say these people's names, but I'm going to link it in the show notes. And then there's another book called How to Write About Contemporary Art. I'm going to link that one as well. That's more geared towards people who want to write about other people's work. Um, But there's a really good section in there about writing about your own work. And it is a little bit more of an academic perspective and an academic read. But I think with those two books together, you should have some really good things to work from. Okay, so when it comes to prompts and writing about the work, I like to break this down into categories of different ways we can talk about and present what we've done. So the first category is the how. How did you make your work? This can include a discussion about process. This can include materials. Anything you want to say about how you engaged with your materials, your process, your subject, and your ideas. And when we talk about your process, there's a couple different things here, right? There's process in terms of, you know, first I poured the acrylic and then I mixed it around. (laughs) I'm just making this up. Then I poured glitter on it and like that was the order of operations. And that might be very relevant. Um, The how could also include, you know, what you're thinking about in the process. You know, for me, my how is that I take reference photos and then I mock them up digitally and then I paint them based on that. Um, Other people that would be totally antithetical to their process and they need to work really intuitively and in the moment. So if your process is important and really relevant to what you're doing, this category is where you would address that. Okay, the next category we can look at is the what. Plain and simple, what are you depicting? What are you making? Now there's something really important in this category, which is your subject. For some of you, that might be really obvious. If you paint portraits, the subject is likely the person in the portrait. If you make sculptures of little creatures or blobs that are kind of lifelike, (laughs) that aren't actual creatures but are something else, your subject would just be that thing. But if you make work that is abstract in nature, I know that this can be a little bit harder to identify. So... I'm just going to call out what I see a lot in the abstract work of students that come to me. And a lot of them, their subject is their internal emotional landscape. I know I said at the beginning that you don't have to include everything in your artist statement and you absolutely don't, but I will say this is probably something you want to include. And even if it's not, it's definitely, definitely something you want to identify and understand. Because once you understand your subject and you've identified it, you can also talk about how you're depicting that subject. Now, 
I could have put this in the how category, but it just made more sense to me in the what category. The categories aren't really what matters. It's really these specific aspects you want to think about. Um, so organize these things in whatever way makes the most sense to you. But I like to think about this all in one bundle. What am I depicting and what does it look like? How am I choosing to make it look? So this is going to reference for one, your voice. What kind of voice are you using in your work? Is it whimsical? Is it lighthearted? Is it cynical? Is it technological? What spin are you putting on this subject? The answers to the subject you're depicting and the voice that you're depicting it in is going to give you information about what genre you're creating in. Now, this really might not be something that you need to reference in your artist statement. Uh, you know, depending on what's important and who you're writing it for and all of that. But I do think it's something that's good for us to at least have a general understanding of. So who throughout history has made work in this similar vein? Who is making it now? What do we call that group of people? That's your genre. So these are things like surrealism, impressionism, abstract expressionism, these labels that you have heard hopefully here and there. So this is a big one for those of us who were self-taught, you know, and I really empathize and relate to this. We might feel like a total fish out of water. Like I don't really know about a lot of this stuff. Therefore, I really don't know where my work is fitting into. So this is an area I would point at for you to do some research. Um, something I think that's great is just getting on Artsy and like exploring. You can click on the different genres and read about them. Does that resonate with what you're doing? Do you see ways in which your work fits in these certain categories? Not only is this going to be helpful information for writing about your work, but it's just good for you to know um, as you navigate being an artist in general. It's going to give you information about like who you might go well in a show with. It's going to give you information about, you know, what galleries might be more inclined to represent your work, you know, if they show this specific genre specifically, <laughs> specifically, specifically. So anyway, a simplified way to think about this whole category is what do we see with our eyeballs when we look at your work? We can't really see the how, right? That's something that happened with you behind the scenes. And we can't really see the why. We can maybe infer the why, and that's where we're going next. But I do think it's good for you to have an understanding and at least some writing about what we're looking about at. Okay, so then the last broad category for us to think about is the why. Dun, dun, dun. If I had an editor, there would be a sound effect there, but support me on Patreon so I can get one. So I think this is probably the most dreaded and potentially difficult area for a lot of artists to write about. It's kind of that place where we're like, why does our work always have to have meaning? Does everything have to mean something? No, it doesn't. Not everything in your work has to point to a why. But I'm thinking that some things do and should. I think often our why is just a little bit buried and we need to do some digging. So here are some some subcategories in the why we might start to think about. The first one is called point of view. And this is something I learned from Penny Lane, who I'm going to reference a couple more times in this category here. But one way you can answer this question is just to think about who you are and where you're coming from, because that's inherently probably going to give you some information about why you made the work that you did. So when you're answering the point of view category, you want to think about your identifiers. 
your age, where you're from, your gender, your income bracket, whether that was in the past or currently. It could be things like experiences you've had. You know, are you adopted? Are you a military wife? Okay, I could go on and on with imaginative examples here, but I think you get the idea. I think it's important to list these things out because oftentimes we're so used to them that that we don't even think of them as things that might have influenced our work. Yet, I think if you list enough of them, you'll find one or two little identifiers that absolutely have contributed to why you chose to make the things that you do. So the next thing we need to look at in this category of the why is your content. It's not like a direct answer to why you made the work you did, but it's, it's related in this whole category of deeper meaning. So if the subject is what we can see with our eyeballs, the content is what you can infer from what your eyeballs are seeing. Uh, This is something that Marissa and I talk about in our world building course. And I think she came up with the whole like eyeball terminology because we were trying to make this as simple as possible. And I like that. So I'm dropping it here. Uh, Here are some more formal type of questions you could ask yourself in looking for the content in your work. What is the emotional or intellectual message in the work? What is the expression, essential meaning, or significance? For those of you who make more intuitive, abstract, or process-based work, you might ask yourself what the sensory, subjective, psychological, or emotional properties um, are being felt in the work. But ultimately, uh, I think a great thing to ask yourself is what could one infer So I'm just going to use my own work as an example here. We see that in my work, I have these like ghosts occupying these rooms where there's often uh, nostalgic references like toys and candy and stuff like that. Uh, But there's bars on a lot of the windows. So I think the thing that can be inferred and at least the thing I'm trying to communicate is that This is on the one hand, this like happy ideal scene, but on the other hand, there is a feeling of trappedness or claustrophobia. And there's a bit of tension between those two things and maybe some questions coming about. So if you're listening to this and you're like, cool, I'm overwhelmed. What the heck is my content? I have an idea for you. Actually, it's not my idea. It's an exercise that Penny Lane gave to me that I kind of use in my own way now, and I'm going to share it with you here. And it's called the visual vocab. This is an exercise where you basically go through all of the elements that are repeating in your work. So it could be a color palette, a symbol, a subject, um, whatever. You go through and you make like a little dictionary for yourself where you list out all those things and you ask yourself, what does it mean when I use that thing? Hopefully when you do this, you're either going to see A, something that really stands out to you as being an underlying essence in your work, or you're going to see a couple repeating answers, a couple themes coming up over and over. And that should be an indicator to you about what is beneath the surface of what you're doing. The cool thing about going through this exercise and getting to know your content is that once you are aware of it, it's like you can't unsee it. And this goes back to what I was mentioning in the beginning about writing and artwork development kind of feeding each other, because once you understand your content, it's going to inform all of your other decisions for what you create moving forward. And then when it comes time to write, you won't feel as much like you're bullshitting because you'll know you you were working from that kind of content foundation that you already had. So 
Once you get clear on your point of view and the content in the work, both of these things can and should point to why you made the work you did. So I'm going to use my own work as an example again. If the subject is these etheric imagined rooms, uh, the subject for the sake of this conversation could also be like the little ghosts in my work. And the content is that feeling of trappedness or that tension between claustrophobia and like an ideal utopia. While my why for making that is complicated, but in short, I felt very trapped growing up. Um, And I also grew up in the 90s where this color palette and these toys and candies were very prevalent. So I made these because this is what would have been my safe haven. And also I'm like deconstructing and retelling uh, stories of trauma in a way that is also like soothing and potentially healing to me and maybe to others who might view the work. So you can see how the why is different than the subject and the content, but all of those things work together. I also kind of tried to weave in that point of view piece a little bit. You know, my age and my gender is definitely uh, a factor in what I'm creating, what I created. If I was like a little boy growing up in the 20s, um, these rooms would look very differently, you know? So we could kind of view the example I just gave as a backbone to an artist statement. I talked about what is in the work. I talked about the meaning or the significance of those things in the work. And then I talked about why I made the work. Now, to fluff it up, because that would be a very short artist statement, which sometimes you need, by the way, so it's good to have a couple different versions, I would talk about the materials and why I'm using those materials and the color palette and the style, and maybe even the genre that I belong in, or maybe some of my influences, if that's relevant. There's a lot of little factors and like decorative pieces I could add on top of that underlying core. Um, But I think having that baseline understanding is a really good place to go from, because then you know for sure, for sure, the most important part of your work is being talked about. Now, if your work is heavily, heavily focused on process, maybe process is the backbone for your whole statement. And maybe those little decorative pieces are the content and the subject and what else. Um, So obviously you're going to structure it to what works for your work. But I think you can only be served by going through all of those prompts in the PDF guide and then picking and choosing what's most important to focus on. So a couple little loose ends and thoughts. I know that once you have all these answers written out, you're going to have this like unorganized like Word document or journal page and stringing them together in a cohesive way in sentences that you feel like sound good might be challenging. So for that, I want to direct you to the ArtWrite book because there's some really good like phrases in there that are helpful, words you can pull from, um, ways to string sentences together to kind of get the ball rolling. Again, I want to encourage you to get feedback on your work, but if you're not going to do either of those things and you're just going to listen to this podcast, something that helps me with structure is kind of having a theme for my different paragraphs. So maybe my first paragraph is a general overview of the work and the what, Maybe the second paragraph is materials and process, and maybe a last paragraph is the why and questions I'm left with. 
and like what I'm still investigating in the work or grappling with. I mean, you could just like totally steal that structure, but you get the idea. If you feel like everything is all over the place, try and group sentences together that are kind of about the same category. The other thing I want to say that I have said many times throughout this whole podcast is that art writing and artwork development go hand in hand. And if you feel really overwhelmed by a lot of these questions, um, A, that's normal, totally fine and okay. I felt that way too. But B, it might not actually be the writing part that needs the most attention, but maybe just taking some of these questions into your overall practice. Um, Little plug here, I'm teaching my unique workshop at the end of September, or enrollment starts at the end of September and the course starts in October. I can't remember. Something's going to happen around the end of September. Um, And in that workshop, we really get into artwork development. We really get into content and what you're doing and why you're doing it. And more of the specifics about how the visual and like the invisible and the meaning can work together. And while this course is really focused on like honing your style and your own connection to your work and making your work meaningful, going through it will absolutely translate to how you understand your work and therefore how you're able to write about it. So if that's where you're at when you're listening to this, you're like, oh my God, I need help writing, but I also want to go back and like kind of bulk out my work a little bit more and strengthen it so that I can answer more of these questions. Um... I mean, I created it specifically for that. So get on my newsletter. Um, And then the last thing I'll say is that, you know, an artist statement and the way that you write and talk about your work is kind of like this living, being, ever-evolving thing, just like your art practice. The artist statement that you write today is not going to be the one that you write in three months or a year or five years or whatever. It continues to evolve as you evolve as an artist and as your work evolves. So I like to think of my artist statement as a never-ending work in progress. You know, of course, I use it to submit to things and I have to have a version of it on my website and all of that, but I'm constantly changing and adding to it as I learn new things about my work and as I create new series and, and all of that. So if you go through this whole thing and you come out with a statement that you don't feel super proud of, just know that it's going to change a lot. And that's totally okay, and it should. I think it would be kind of weird and antithetical to making art if you had one artist statement that stayed the same for forever. So I hope this was helpful to you guys. I hope that this made writing more accessible and not more confusing. If you have things you want to share or questions or anything like that, you can always reach out to me on Instagram. Um, We are at Art and Magic Podcast, or you can follow me at Devin Walls Art. And if you just can't get enough of talking about this stuff, come over to Patreon. Like I said, in that bonus episode, I specifically address and get into the concerns that you guys brought up, writing not being your strong suit, feeling like you're bullshitting, sounding cheesy, you know, how much to discuss, what if I'm writing too much or too, li- too little, things of that nature. Um, I felt like that was a good space for. So come on over. Um, your patronage, is that the right word? Patronage uh, helps the show get made and you can cancel at any time. Okay, that is all I have in store for you today. Thank you so much for listening. I will be back next week with a very exciting interview. Yeah, first interview of this, like, it's not really a new season, but 
like the second installment of a season that I took a big break from. So you know what I mean. Come back next week. Until then, I'm sending you lots of love and tons of magic.